0: Today, we have Dave Walcott on the show. Are you looking for a more holistic wealth-building strategy? Dave Walcott and his team at Pantheon Investments have been helping investors build their wealth for years. They focus on finding the best-in-class operators and partnering with them to offer a wide range of investment opportunities. This allows them to meet the needs of their investors no matter what their goals may be. Find out what the holistic wealth strategy is all about. Listen and learn. Before we jump into the intro, look, are you afraid to start investing in real estate? I was also when I started, so I wrote a book called Why Not You to help you push past the fear you can find it on Amazon by searching my name. under the intro.
1: Welcome to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show. Each week, you will learn how to grow your wealth through real estate investing. Be introduced to the players that are getting it done and learn how you can get involved. And now, here's your host, Darren Batchelder.
0: A little background on Dave Walcott before we start the show. Dave served as a captain in the Marines. He and his wife were surprised with triplets, and he needed to find a way to grow his wealth to provide for his family. This search led him into looking at the ways in which the wealthy invested their capital, and he created a plan to mimic what the wealthy were doing. This developed into the holistic wealth strategy that Dave is now focused on teaching others. Now, onto the show. Hello, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest. We've got Dave Walkout with us. Dave, appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Absolutely, Darren. Grateful to be here. Connect with you and your audience.
0: Absolutely. So a little bit on how we know each other, and then we'll jump into it. So uh, Dave and I met at a conference, a multifamily conference um, that Dan Hanford put on in Charlotte, North Carolina earlier in the year. And um, some mutual friends of ours introduced the two of us and um, good guy, (laughs) loved hanging out with him and and wanted to get a little bit more info on on what he's up to and how he's helping others uh, build wealth. So with that, um, how many properties and how many units are you currently invested in?
1: Uh, so we're not an operator. Uh, okay. We're basically right helping. We're an equity partner, and we're helping uh, do deal sourcing and and basically helping clients with becoming you know really becoming wealth architects to help them create an alternative strategy to Wall Street. So in terms of assets, we have uh, we're an equity partner in over two point six billion worth of assets that consists of over 3,100 doors in multifamily. Uh, We have self-storage assets. We have Bitcoin mining assets. uh, And we have over 160 oil-producing wells as well.
0: Fantastic. So when you say equity part, first of all, I think that you are the first person that we're having on the show that fits into that bill, the equity partner. But we have a lot of um, passive investors that are either first-timers or repeat passive investors and a lot of syndicators that are looking to scale. So when you said equity partner, I'm thinking there's a lot of sponsors that may have interest in leveraging that. Explain that a little bit on how you work with other syndicators in this in say the multifamily space.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, the way I see it is, you know, our mission is to really create value for our investors. And one of the key ways is to do basically, you know, deal sourcing, right? And to find, you know, great deals that are inversely correlated to the markets. Uh, We invest in tangible assets. And essentially, our investment thesis is really three-dimensional in nature. So we're investing in asset classes that are tax efficient. They have predictable passive income. And then they also have some kind of forced appreciation component on the backside, so that's really our investment thesis. And we're looking at uh, partnering with operators who are best in class, who have really strong competitive differentiation. Let's say when it comes to a particular asset class, it comes to a particular market uh, that they just dominate. So you know, just to give you an example, um, one of our last multifamily deals, you know, we partnered uh, with our operator that did 39 different deals in the same MSA right? So they've got very deep relationships. Uh, They're able to source deals off market, great, get good deals right out of the gate, right? And then we're able to provide those solid deals to our investors. Um, And then we're also looking for different solutions. Like we have um, an oil and gas fund right now um, that is really a phenomenal solution to investors because uh, you can actually um, offset active income, uh, for, so a lot of the high income earners that we have uh, with the oil and gas, 100% of your investment is deductible. Um, and that goes against your active income, which is you know, a phenomenal solution um, in addition to uh, providing passive income as well as a multiple on top of that.
0: Absolutely. So help me qualify. Like if, if we have listeners, say we have a bunch of syndicators that are listening right now, qualify. Like when you said dominate. Like that knocks out a lot of people. So, you know, who should call you and who should not call you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a great question, Darren. And I'll tell you, honestly, I mean, I really take, I, I want to be the best steward of our investors' capital is absolute possible. Uh, so if you're new to the space um, and you don't really have a track record, um, you know, I'm happy to engage with people and get to know you and learn. And, you know, once you can establish that track record, you know, then maybe we can kind of look at things. But but typically, um, it's really a hundred million in assets under management as, as, as a minimum threshold that we're looking at. Uh, we conduct very extensive due diligence on partners. As you know, in this space, it's it's really all about the people, you know, Absolutely. whether they can actually execute on the plan or not. So sometimes we get to know uh, partners a year or two years um, doing due diligence before we even get to know them. You know, we're looking at deals. We're looking to see uh, how their performance really tracked. Uh, we're looking at their communications to see, are they doing what they're saying? You know, they're promising. Uh, so those are some, um, you know, uh, key things. And then again, when I talk about market domination, you um, We have a partner, for instance, who's very strong in uh, student housing, right? Mm -hmm. Very unique space, but they have a really good niche, uh, right? And they own a bunch of market share there. So if you have a really strong niche, um, that's also, you know, I I think, you know, pretty compelling in terms of partnering. Um, And, you know, we we just really want to have people who have a solid track record, Um, you know, you've, you've got to have been in the space for a while, um, and looking at the, the team, right. The partners on the team have, have they uh, you know, succeeded in the past and also the balance sheet, right. Because, you know, we've seen some deals right in the, in this business, uh, some deals go sideways. And if the partners don't have a strong enough balance sheet, um, they're not going to be able to protect their investors. Right. Right? And protecting our investors is everything to us um, in this. So, uh, you know, so so we take that very seriously um, as we engage in those partnerships. And then the other thing we're looking for is, you know, partners that we can grow a long term relationship with. I mean, you know, even one deal. Right. You know, we're in it for at least five years uh, typically for the deal. But it's a lot easier to work with, you know, trusted partners. Um, that we can go back and, and, you know, source great deals from, you know, time and time again versus um, having too many spread out.
0: No, I mean, I think that's great. I mean, from what I heard, you know, if you're, if you're a syndicator and you're listening and you, you're interested, you know, hundred million in assets are up, you know, that's, that's one of the benchmarks. And, you know, are you in a strong niche, you know, or do you dominate a sub market? You know, if, if, you meet those criteria, then it may be worthwhile having a conversation. Um, and just like, you know, attracting passive investors, it can take six years or six months or a year or two years before you end up doing something together. But you have to get the ball rolling at some point and start developing that relationship. So let me understand, because you keep talking about your investors, how this Works. Do you you have passive investors on your end? Are they high net worth individuals that you're attracting into a fund? And then you decide which projects you're
1: going to allocate those funds to? Uh, Partially correct. So, yes, we have an investor base. And, you know, typically uh, we are talking to high net worth entrepreneurs. Um, I come from the, well, I was in the Marine Corps uh, first after school. Thank you for your service. Appreciate that. For sure. You know, um, after the Marine Corps, um, I got into uh, the tech field and uh, built a few businesses. Um, I had a tech consulting business uh, that I exited from uh, several years back. So um, I've been really an entrepreneur at heart uh, for many years. So that's really our client avatar in terms of investors, because we can relate to the most. Uh, They really have open minds and are willing to you know, challenge the norm and challenge conventional wisdom and what's out there. So, um, you know, where do you, where do you live? Um, I just, we're in Florida uh, at the moment. So kids are out of the house and now we have, I don't
0: know why, but I was thinking you were on the other coast and California, Silicon Valley, like that's a lot of tech, but no,
1: we're in, well, I was in, we were in, um, DC, Virginia for the past 20 years. And, uh, now the kids are out of the house and, uh, I'm now in a tax-free state, which is part of my plan. And, um, you know, I can tell you it's 79 degrees here on December 1st. So
0: <laughs> no, nothing wrong with that. Nothing Exactly. Wrong with that. So mostly high net worth individuals, not as much of the institutional family office. No, we're, funds. Yeah,
1: we're working with accredited investors because Credit that's investors, really, right. you know, our, our, our mission is to actually uh, help our investors 10x their wealth.
0: Fantastic. So,
1: so we, we believe we can have more impact working directly with the in, in investors versus uh, working with institutions.
0: Uh, when an investor invests in one, in one of your funds, do they know that it fits going into, are your funds segregated like multifamily assets or real estate assets versus oil and gas versus, you know, other at, um, avenues that you invest in? Or do they just invest in your fund and let you decide where to where to? Yeah, allocate it's that?
1: it's deal by deal. Oh, so good. we have not aggregated um, I don't really believe in that model. Um, so we we do it deal by deal. And again, a lot of things, uh, the deals that we source. Are really solution-based. Um, we try to pride ourselves in really knowing um, our clients really well. So we conduct um, investor surveys to really understand, you know, what's most important for investors. Are they looking for cash flow? Are they looking for tax plays? Um, you know, the, you know, wh- whatever it is that's, that's really most important. We're trying to source deals that um, align to that as, as much as we can.
0: All right. I keep asking you these questions because Partly because I'm interested in learning. So a syndicator comes out with a deal, and let's just say it's a $20 million raise. And do they contact you at that point and you already have the funds raised? Or are you going to present their deal and then start raising the capital at that stage of the game?
1: Well, from a structural perspective, we're either doing special purpose vehicles like fund of funds, okay. right, where, where we can go invest. We can basically take our investor capital, uh, pool that together and then go invest. You know, let's say it's a 70 million dollar asset and we can bring, you know, five, 10 million to the table. Then we're going to get better terms with the sponsor that we can share with our investors um, and. You know, that's, that's one model. Another model with, you know, some of our kind of, I would say, legacy type partners or partners that were very strategic to us, uh, would be the co-GP model, uh, right. Where, where we have a relationship, uh, in place. We've been working with them for a while. Um, and when they have new deals, right. we'll we can be working, you know, side by side, uh, helping to do investor relations in addition to raising capital.
0: Fantastic. So I also, I believe you wrote a book called The Holistic Wealth Strategy. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, correct. Um really excited. I did the the first uh version of that, Darren. Um and in fact it was really kind of spurred by trying to communicate with passive investors, you know, I mean, what is a multi family you know, investment syndication? I mean, people had never heard of it. People had never heard of, you know, what is an accredited investor, right? right. I never how, heard how of it until
0: four years right? ago. And I was at a coffee meeting this morning with somebody that I grew up with and and he was asking me, Hey, Darren, man, tell me about it. So I get yeah. that. There's a lot of questions.
1: Yeah. So I was really trying to articulate to people, you know, this, This strategy, right, that's completely, you know, goes against 95% of what financial planners and conventional wisdom is really teaching you to do. Um, So I really kind of conceptualized this in a, and maybe this kind of comes from my consulting background a little bit, right? But uh, we created a very simple uh, five-phase structure or strategy uh, for people to achieve you know, what we believe is holistic wealth, because if you do some deep thinking on money, right, I mean, money is actually just, you know, a means or oxygen for you to live your life or do the things that you want to do. And so what's important for you? So this whole thing uh, is encapsulated with a vision statement. You know, if you don't have a target, you're going to miss every time. So it's it's very important to get crystal clear on what your vision statement is, you know where you're headed you know long term in your life. This is how family offices um, structure themselves and prepare, right? It's creating um, a real comprehensive vision. Um, and then the first phase, Uh, It really all starts with mindset Darren. Right. And so like we talked about a lot of I mean, how many times have you been at uh, look, we just got back from Thanksgiving, so it might be a family event and you're telling someone that, hey, you know, I just achieved a 2x equity multiple on a real estate deal in only three years, you know, and. Honestly, a lot of people don't even want to listen to it, nor do they want it's to crazy care to, to me. listen to it. It really Isn't is. Isn't it it's crazy? crazy.
0: <laughs> it is crazy to me that there's certain people that you, and you want to help them, but they right. don't want to listen.
1: They don't want to listen. So that's why the first step of our strategy, it's all about mindset. You have to have a growth mindset. You have to let go of limiting beliefs. You have to be able to be curious and ask questions and challenge the norm. I mean, everyone is telling you to put your money in a 401k is the safest place you're going to put your capital. But are they telling and they're telling you to defer taxes? Well, I don't know about you, but the only thing I'm certain about in the future is that taxes are likely going up and you're going to be taxed at ordinary income rates when you take that capital out and you have absolutely no control. We're seeing the volatility of the market, you know, this year play out and who likes to wake up and see red every day. And, you know, you've worked years and years and you're watching that, you know, just go down. So um, I, I think you have to be courageous. You know, you really have to be courageous and have an open mindset to say, you know, is what my financial planner telling me really correct? You know, because frankly, when I, as I look at it objectively, and I start to look at the data uh, it may not make sense. So, I agree with everything you're
0: saying, but I was, you know, I just got into real estate like four years ago, but before that, I fell into that camp. Like I had a small business. I was, you know, I was putting a lot of money into a SEP IRA, um, thought I was doing the smart thing by deferring taxes, but explain to listeners why deferring taxes in a 401k could actually be the wrong thing way to go about it versus, you know, some of these other investment strategies that you've talked about investing in real estate or oil and gas. Focus more on the real estate side, just because this show is more real estate related, but um, those are definitely alternatives.
1: Yeah. So Darren, I went through this exercise myself about eight years ago and I literally sold my 401k. I exited it. What do you mean? I paid I, I got, I completely exited. I paid a 10% penalty. Right. I paid all of the taxes. Okay. And we, what, one of the things that we've done uh, for our investors, and if, if, if anyone's interested in this, um, you know, happy to uh, send a copy along, but we've created a 401k uh, withdrawal calculator. So, so where, the model, can pe-
0: where can people find that? Is that on your website? So, yeah,
1: we'll get, we'll give a link okay. uh, at Great. the end if we, people want to reach out. But Essentially, uh, you can model in that, hey, if I pay the 10 percent, let's say you have 100K, you take out, you know, you pay the 10 percent penalty, you pay the taxes this year and you put that money into a multifamily real estate deal as a passive investor, by the way. Right. Um, We model out that you actually break even around year four, year five depending on, you know, are you getting a, you know, whatever, 16%, 20% average annual return. Um, So you kind of break even, let's say by year four, year five uh, is really the window. And then what's really compelling, Darren, is when you model this out over 20 years, and you see the compounding effect of what even a 15% average annual return. And again, that money, ideally with bonus depreciation, should be um, offset, right? So you've got no tax consequence. So at the end of 20 years, you're compounding uh, with no taxes, right? If you have a good strategy in place. Uh, And then you compare that with where you would be Uh, Had you not taken the money out of the 401k where you would be in 20 years, plus you have the tax liability on taking out that nest egg, plus you have the fees and inflation uh, that have been, you know, eating into that for 20 years. And it's substantial. Right, Uh, it's absolutely substantial. So, um, when I went through that exercise myself, and you know, trying to convince myself, hey, this is the right thing to do to exit out of my four hundred one k. Besides, everyone telling me I was crazy. Right. um, You know, uh, the numbers proved it to myself, and I went ahead and did that. And now we have a lot of other investors who um, are doing the same thing. Right. So, and part of this wealth strategy, right. In the in phase four is all about asset repositioning uh, because not everyone has 50 or 100k lying around, right? That's that's just liquid. So what you want to do as part of your wealth strategy is look at your current portfolio of assets. You know, where do they sit? And then can you drive more efficiency and create more velocity? Right. So you move them into something like multifamily that's got that tax efficiency component. You've got the cash flow dynamic and then you've got the equity multiple on the back end.
0: That's huge. Um, Let me ask you this. When you pull doesn't sound like you did this, but what's your take on when you pull money out of a 401k, do you invest it in tax efficient, um, assets like multifamily or oil and gas, or do you put it into a, a Roth IRA so that any of the gains appreciate, uh, with no tax consequences?
1: Yeah. So good question. And that comes back to our three-dimensional investment thesis. Right. So if an investment doesn't have tax efficiency, passive income and appreciation, we don't look at it. A Roth IRA has tax efficiency. Right. But it doesn't have the multiplier that multifamily does. So everything we do, we're looking at as a multiplier where you can get, you know, much more uh, from your money. And, And really, this is how you can I mean, frankly, I mean, I've been seeing, you know, for the past eight years, 20 to 60% returns when I put together our entire wealth strategy. When I factor in tax <laughs> which efficiency. Which people can't all of understand.
0: I mean, but, and, but I've seen it too. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is really happening. And maybe you define velocity because that's a word that, you know, if, if people aren't already doing that strategy, they don't understand. What does that mean, even velocity?
1: Yeah, so, so velocity is a, a great, great question. And um, in a lot of cases, we have um, cash flow leaks in our personal economy, right, that we don't even notice, whatever that might be, maybe some things kind of on the expense side, um, or you have lazy capital that's not necessarily being put to work, right? And the whole goal of this is, is to have our money working for us, right? Not us working for our money. Um, So one of those strategies that we have, and I've been practicing this for almost 10 years now, is the infinite banking concept. Um, And so we, as part of Pantheon, uh, offer that as a service. We're a a licensed representative uh, to be able to offer that because we believe it's such a great solution for Uh, For investors, business owners, even syndicators as well, right? That solves that problem of velocity. And essentially, what it is is a cash value life insurance uh, product, right? Where you can store uh, capital inside of this life insurance contract and it grows tax free. It has a rate of return to it. So you're getting tax free compounding. And the beautiful thing is you have complete liquidity and control. So, I could fund this and say, I put in hundred K into this policy and I can borrow out a certain percentage, usually about 80% of it or so I can now, I, I could put it into the policy one day, borrow out 80 K and now go invest that in my next deal. Or when I put in earnest capital to do deals, this is where I keep it. So I'm earning almost 6% on it until I do that next deal. And I got to put in my earnest money. So I put in the earnest money when the deal closes, I take it out and put it back in. Um, I've run several businesses, as I've said, and I will never get caught out not being capitalized again. But where do you keep 12 months of operating capital for your business, for your personal economy? This is the place to do it. It's safer than banks. It's with a mutual insurance company. It's been around for 150 years. Um, And then I'm also getting that multiplier uh, which is really powerful, Darren. So again, you got tax-free compounding. You have the liquidity. You can actually pass it to your heirs completely tax-free, right? And all of us in the real estate business are trying to create legacy growth, right? right? And and legacy wealth. So passing it on to your heirs tax-free is great. Uh, there's inherent credit asset protection to it, uh, which is really great. And you can also create an income stream in your later years right? So, you know, when you're 65 or 70 or whenever, you you can actually take a tax-free loan against that that creates an income stream. Um, So, you know, that's my strategy when I'm 90 and I'm probably not doing deals anymore. (laughs) My wife is just going to want to know, hey, there's a check coming in, right? I want some kind of income. Well, Mm -hmm. this is the, this is going to be the vehicle for it to do it.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So when I think of velocity, I think of, all right, you make money in a deal, and you know you could just leave it there. But then maybe year three, four, five, six, it it it's not working as fast. If you take that those gains and then roll that into another vehicle that all of a sudden is has larger uh, annualized gains in the first few years, and you keep rolling that money into those types of um, assets then your money is going to multiply much quicker than if you just park it. And then maybe it's quick off the gate and for a year or two, but then it settles down and you're not getting the velocity. You're not getting the, the high returns anymore in, the, in that investment.
1: Yeah. I think there's probably two key areas where you're actually getting the velocity, right? So one is the fact, like I said, we all have kind of a lot of lazy capital, right? And, you have passive income coming in off of different deals. I mean, if you've done a 50K deal, maybe, you know, you're making 8%. So you've got 333 bucks a month coming in. I mean, what are you going to do with that? You're going put it, you're just putting it in your checking account until, until you whatever, build up until the, the next, next deal, deal the right? next tranche yeah. for the next deal. Well, right. a more efficient use of that is to put it right into your policy. So now it's compounding tax-free. Right. So that's how you can. that's one key way to, you know, add more velocity. Um, Also, a lot of business owners and syndicators, like you say, where are you going to keep your liquidity? If you're keeping it in, you know, sitting in your checking account in your business, right, you're earning nothing on it or it's a sweep account. You're making less than one percent. Well, put it in here. Right. And you can make almost six percent on it. Um, so, so that's another place. And then another really key thing for investors as well is you can amplify your returns and add more velocity by, um, remember the original example, we said, you, you put in hundred K, you borrow out 80 K. Right. Well, let's say I'm borrowing at a rate of three and a half percent and I'm making almost 6%. So you've got a little spread, right? Your initial capital is still growing. And now you've invested that 80K in your next multifamily deal. So now you just threw a little spread on top of that and you're making a few more points. So there's yeah, some additional I, I, I think the same
0: there. thing hap- can, is an opportunity with home equity. You know, you have
1: a hundred percent, you know,
0: people have their house. I mean, part of it is, you know, how do people you know, sleep at night and how much risk they're willing to take on. But you know, if you have a million dollar house and your goal is just to pay it down, pay it off so you don't have a payment versus, you know, other people that look at, hey, I've got unused equity. I'm going to borrow at, even in today's rates, you know, it's six or 7%, but I'm going to put it into another investment that's going to make 15%. You're getting a huge spread and you're using your capital to, you're leveraging your capital versus just having to be, and I guess that's where you talk about lazy income, lazy capital, um, lazy capital opportunities um, that are sitting
1: there. Yeah. Asset, asset repositioning. That's our phase four. Um, and, and you know, the reality is over 90 percent of Americans, where do they keep their their capital, their asset portfolio? It's sitting in government sponsored qualified plans or it's in trapped equity in their primary residence. And the rate of return on, you know, ca- equity in your house, it's zero, right? So if yeah, you're earning I mean, zero if, on it. right? You
0: know. Even if you say, okay, say, let's just say your, your house appreciates three, four, 5% a year. Um, and we're using a million dollar house. Like if it goes up by 5%, you make 50, you're, it's growing by 50,000. But if you were able to have two assets, that your house is still appreciating by 50,000 but then you have another asset that could be potentially appreciating at the same time.
1: That's. Yeah. But that, but that's, you know, that's Kiyosaki's big claim to fame, right? Is your house is not an asset, right? right? And unless.
0: Yeah.
1: And also maybe. I don't know that you're
0: going to get everybody to agree with, you know, especially with the run up we just had in, in real estate. You know, you know, with
1: with all of the you know, with all of this type of investing, you have to manage your own risk. And I'm not necessarily saying that you should leverage your house up to 100 percent. Right. But there's uh, I mean, 80 percent. Right. And uh, as an LTV is is pretty comfortable. Um, you know, but there's a lot of people out there that, that have it in their mind because, because look, this is the advice we all got for so many years. Yeah, Pay down absolutely. your house, right? Pay down so, your house,
0: put 10, 20% in the stock market is going to grow. You're going to have this huge nest egg. You
1: yeah. Know? But, but I can assure you when you, when you model all of these things out and if you start, if you're paying extra principal on your house, for instance, or you've got a 50%, you know, only uh, debt on it. Um, there's much more efficient ways to do this, and you know, in studying really the the top one percent in the ultra wealthy, I mean, they've been doing this for years. I mean, this is this is the roadmap to how they've created massive wealth and how they sustain uh, this wealth. This that is the game right they there. Play.
0: I think is needs to be repeated, and that's the part that is, you know, because I think that people we have been taught all through our life that get good grades, go to a good college, get a good job, climb the corporate ladder, put 10, 20% away in the stock market. It's going to let somebody else grow it. So when you talk about other, you know, wealth building strategies, I think it's important to to really highlight that that you got this data because you were researching how do the 1% wealthy in the country, how do they do it? And they do it by these mechanisms, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was really my call to action, Darren, is, um, you know, we had uh, back in 2000, my wife and I had a toddler and then we won the baby lottery and actually had triplets. Triplets? So, <laughs> were
0: you, oh my gosh,
1: were you prepared for that? It was crazy. I'm still not prepared. Um, and it, it, yeah. How the, old are your kids now? Uh, They, the triplets are 22 uh, and my oldest is 24. So fantastic. Good for you, man. But But look, you're not ready for that, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, What's the first thing you do when you realize that you've just quadrupled the size of your family? I mean, the first thing you got that was going through my mind is like, you know, how am I going to afford this? How right. am I going to figure it out? Someone just took the goalposts and moved them out like a mile. Four colleges, uh, four weddings.
0: Like, exactly. You're, you're, for everything. You know, four cars. Right? Like, you, you know, yeah, you're, you're in trouble, my friend.
1: Yeah, for everything it was like a, a hundred diapers uh, a week. I mean, it was it was insane times. So and, that's and, what prompted
0: yeah. you to start looking for.
1: This Yeah, this really put me on this obsessive quest to really figure out how are the top 1% really investing. And keep in mind, I mean, this is back in 2000. I mean, there was no podcast. Um, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad came out, I think it was 99, you know, right around that time frame. So I had just read that, but it was new. There weren't all these awesome podcasts like this or, you know, resources or people with case studies, you know, talking about, you know, how they had really you know, made their wealth. So, um, what I wanted to do, and and I think, you know, um, if anyone's ever taken the Colby score, uh, it's all about kind of some of your instinctive uh, inclinations, right? How your conative part of your mind works. And for me, you know, I'm just very uh, system oriented. So, everything is very process oriented for me. It's probably why I was in the process consulting business. Um, and what I wanted to do is just create this process, a systematic way. To build wealth, you know, like the 1% are really doing. So how can you do that? What is the playbook? Because there's all these great ideas, you know, from Kiyosaki and things and, and, you know, very conceptually, you might be able to get your head around it. Okay, but hey, how do I put that into action? Right, right. Okay, if I own 20 single family rentals, okay, I can see how I can make money, but how do I really put that into action? What are all the different levers and everything? So I spent the past 20 years really uh, becoming on, you know the cash flow quadrant, becoming a business owner, right? And that's where I learned a lot about t- taxes. Um, this year, I paid 6% in taxes uh, legally right? Because I have a proactive tax strategy and I'm working on it. Um, I also invested in lots of alternative assets. And I got into real estate in 2000. I invested in everything from uh, raw land um, to uh, retail, um, to office parks, to multifamily. Um, And I had been investing, you know, uh, for quite some time. So that's why I was able to really refine our investment thesis and then, you know, get this experience to go through multiple cycles, especially as we're coming into this cycle right now, you know, people, a lot of people don't have enough experience to be able to say, you know, okay, how can you ride it out? How can you position it? Our thesis is only stronger in down times.
0: Yikes. I mean, I think that's fantastic. I think some people get caught up in terminology when, when they start, you know, venturing into a world that they're not used to. So you mentioned things like alternative assets and private equity. And I understand it having, you know, now that I'm in the business, but that, you know, sometimes when we use those types of words, it can scare off people that are just coming in. They're like, oh man, that sounds complicated. That sounds like it's for the 1%, you know, but alternative assets are just other assets that are not public companies. They're not stocks. I mean, and how do you invest in those? You know, what is the mechanism to do that? And now, like you said, there's more avenues to get more people involved. Um, private equity is again, it's just getting involved with stuff outside of the public markets, outside of stocks and, It can sound complicated syndication, you know, just group of people coming together to buy an asset they couldn't buy on their own, you know? So talk about uh, when you talk to your investors, do people get kind of scared off by some of this new stuff that they're getting introduced to?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, you're, you're really a product of the media you consume and the people you spend your time with, right? And the reason why everyone is fed this line and and really thinking in these you know terms is because there's a $30 trillion financial services industry that wants you to think a certain way, that thinks investing in Wall Street is the only game in town. And they're smarter, by the way, than you and I, right? Because that's why they've got all these really sharp guys and You bet. They're intelligent. They're very sharp about certain things in the market. But what people don't realize is they have an agenda. Their agenda is to sell you products from the company that they're representing, which consistently, you know, is around, you know, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Right. right? When you start to look at these things like alternative assets and the great thing about multifamily real estate is, look, all of us I don't care how old you are. I mean, even my daughter actually owns her own house, right? So I think people can understand the business model, right, of real estate and how it works, how you make money on it. And um, and, and by the way, I mean, as an aside, I mean, she is, she's just turning 24, and so you can teach this to your kids. Right. So we that's what we talk about in our household. She started her infinite banking policy when she was in high school. Did she really? She, t- she took a loan against the policy for her down payment on a house in Knoxville, Tennessee. She went in on it with her boyfriend. They, got, they bought the place. They spent a year there, did all kinds of reno to it. And now they're cash flowing it for like thirteen hundred bucks a month, wow. and they put in a 100 They've got a hundred k of equity in that house, and then they just went and bought their next house. So all of these concepts and this strategy, um, it's amazing. It's you know, it kind of comes back to what you're saying. Like you know, this stuff sounds confusing or it's scary, right? But a lot of it is. You know, do you have an open mind to, you know, listen to, you know, good podcasts like this or, or challenge what your financial planner might be telling you or what your parents taught you for so many years is, well, I'm getting 6%, you know, I'm getting a 6% match in my 401k. That's free money. Right. Right. Or they're matching me 3%. This must be a great deal. Well, look at it on paper over the next 20 years. Right. And it, it's kind of interesting. Right. <laughs>
0: No, I mean, that's, it's, it's crazy. Um, but I've been in both both sides. Like, and, and there is a mindset shift that has to take place, I think. Yes. Um, and, it, and I think at some point, and we had to do it when we bought stocks too. I mean, when I bought my first stocks, I mean, like you, there's an inherent trust factor or like you, that it's just going to work. Um, that same thing has to happen when you come over and you start doing private equity or alternative assets is that, look, you've educated yourself to a point, but at some point you actually have to invest in something and see, and see if it's going to pay off, you know?
1: Exactly. And that, that's really our last phase of the wealth strategy, right? Which is, you know, it's achieving massive passive income. And in order to do that, you have to take action. So you have to get off the sidelines. And, You know, that first deal, I mean, I can still even remember the first private equity deal I did, which was even, I think it was like 20K, right? And I, you know, scrimped and saved to try to find, you know, 20K back in my 20s to be able to figure out how to get on a deal. And then, you know, and I wasn't even a credit investor, so can I find a non-accredited slot, right? Right. But um, whether it's the first 20K or first 50K or whatever, Um, you've got to get into the game and once you get into the game and you start to see the results, you start to see these passive income checks coming in. You know, you start to see properties, you know, exit, you know, in some cases, even ahead of pro forma and beat your expectations. Um, and then I kind of, again, I look at it objectively and I'm waiting by the way, Darren, like I, I'd love to have someone prove me wrong. Right. And I have financial planners who are actually some of our clients um, who are looking to diversify their portfolio. Uh, We've had financial planners on our show. Um, I'm I'm open to learning myself. Am I missing something? Um, I will be at the family office super summit uh, next uh, in a few weeks and and. You know, studying and, you know, sitting down with some of the, you know, wealthiest people in the country, in the world, right, talking about uh, mandates and how they're positioning their money. But um, for the past 20 years, I haven't been able to find anyone to prove this theory uh, incorrect, right? Um, So um, I think, you know, we're all on the right track, right? If you understand passive income theory, if you're investing in multifamily real estate, tangible assets, right? And these different things. um, And then you start to add that to this comprehensive approach. um, It's really unbelievable what you can achieve.
0: It, It is, man. Like, I'm so excited that you got your daughter involved at such an early age because, um, it really get look you could still stay an employee a W2 employee and like but you you have the choice versus you know there's so many people at least in my life that I know whether they admit it or not that they're not happy in their job but they don't feel like they have a choice. They have to put food on the table, they have to pay the mortgage, they have to pay their car payments and you know but having your money work for you when you're sleeping is huge. And so Thank you for teaching other people how to do it. I mean, um, there's some. Yeah, people- you bet,
1: Darren. No, that's. Um, I mean, that's the reward uh, for me. Honestly, I mean, I, I, I'm really not in this to 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 make money. This is this is a passion project for me, and this is creating impact because you know, and, and I feel, you know, I'm really passionate about this, right? Because I feel that we were misled. Right. And I, and I feel that it's a bit of a crime. Right. And I didn't, I didn't start to learn these things right until my thirties and forties also, and start to put all of this together. So that's what really drives me is trying to help people. And I think, you know, ultimately what people are trying to achieve, it's all about achieving four freedoms. It's having freedom of money right? To have enough money to do what it is you want to do. It's about having freedom of time, right? To do it when you want to do it. It's about having freedom of purpose, you know, to, to do what you want to do, right? The, you know, this this type of work or, or whatever that is. Um, and it's also having, you know, a freedom of location to do that, you know, wherever you want to do. So, um, you know, I think, you know, real estate and this approach with passive investing, Right. Um, can really get you there and as you do some deep thinking about your vision and really where you want to go as as, as a person as a family uh, you know where you see yourself I mean a family office is think in terms of 25 years where do you want to be in 25 years and you start to really conceptualize that Um, and then you know it's just playing the chessboard right and moving the pieces around uh, to achieve that
0: that's awesome and look there's listeners You can invest with Dave and his, you know, his projects. You can invest with Darren, but you also can invest with so many different people. We're talking about getting out there and getting into these alternative asset classes that are returning so much more and giving you so much more freedom of time and money. So, you know, with that, um, where do you go from here? I mean, you know, what's your next big stretch goal?
1: Well, like I said, our mission is to try to create 10x uh, wealth for our investors, right? So they can protect and multiply their wealth. Uh, so we want to continue having, you know, more and more impact and, and, you know, getting deeper with our clients that we do have, um, you know, so that they can really instantiate this, this comprehensive approach to building their wealth. Um, as well as trying to you know connect with new people who are ready you know they're ready for a change right and they have an open mind for you know investing in a, a real estate deal or whatever that is um, uh, but but more importantly you know learning more again right this this all kind of starts with you right and again your mindset and your education so you know that's that's your biggest asset really um, so how so can you, you say 10x to
0: i mean that 10x is a you know grant cardone definitely you know plays that up right 10x 10x your wealth 10x your your lifestyle 10x everything have you seen people Annex their wealth yes i i and what do they it's, say to i can't you tell after- you i am it, what do they say it, it say to you is you so rewarding darren yeah, i just tell me I, what they say yeah
1: i just had a coffee with you know one of our investors last week uh who is in town and you know he started working with us uh, probably about two and a half years ago or so now um and initially you know he was think thinking okay two and a half years well, hold hold on a sec. So I'll <laughs> tell you this story, right? right? Um it didn't didn't happen overnight, right? There's a lot of things that actually happened, but um his assets were sitting uh, in the stock market, um, in different different equities, different, you know, 401ks. Um, and he had a lot of his primary residence uh, paid off. And he was looking to go buy a second home. Um, you know, very successful, um, business owner ran an IT business. And, you know, we talked about real estate and, you know, he thought it was a good idea. He had thought about purchasing a property kind of on his own, right. Maybe with someone and he didn't know what a syndication was. He didn't know what a credit investor was. Um, all of those things. Well, this guy literally took amazing action within 90 days, within the first year, he, um, he refinanced. He got a, a home line of equity credit right on on his existing house. So he repositioned um, all of that equity. Uh, he's put that into deals that are cash flowing and some you know top deals that that we've had. Uh, one of those deals, by the way, within uh, 20 months, uh, actually achieved over a two x equity multiple. Uh, one of our projects. So he was able to participate on over doubling his money. And, which in 20 which would have been
0: just sitting in it. His- as
1: de- debt equity in his house. Exactly. Uh, but more importantly, too, he all he, he had complete exposure in the market. Everything he had, most of his assets were really in the market. And he was just really struggling to say, like, OK, well, how can I do more than 7% of year, uh, plus having all this volatility? Right. And we were sitting down last week saying, like, oh, my gosh, you know, not only Have I, you know, my assets been performing over 20%, but the market's down, you know, indices are down about 25% this year. And I would have been... I would have been so completely down. So if you add those together, that's like a fifty percent gain, that's right? That he's achieved. Right. He's also set up um, infinite banking policy for himself and his wife. So now they have, you know, he feels very confident going into recessionary times. He's got enough liquidity for his business, for his family. His family is totally excited about the future now. Their vision has, their vision has has definitely ten x because now he's modeling out where he's going to be in the next 15, 20 years. And it's way, it's more than 10 X, right? So that's really empowering when you start to see that you start to believe it and, you know, and it starts to come through. And then also, by the way, his taxes, he's cut his tax bill in half. I mean, that, that's so. a lot of impact right there. And yep.
0: good for you. And like, that's such a, I think, It's not for everybody, but for me, it sounds like for you, like helping others, serving others, like it doesn't have to be just, you know, showing up with a meal at someone's house. I mean, helping somebody build wealth and helping somebody, you know, achieve financial freedom and time freedom to spend more time with how they want to spend it, whether it's, you know, some people still want to work, you know, but some people want to have more time with family or travel or whatever. Um, but they get to choose versus feeling like they're in jail and they, they have to stay at a job that they don't like. So thank you for doing that. Um, what do you like to do outside of work for fun?
1: Well, I'm a big health nut too, Darren. Um, I have a goal to live to 116. Uh, so, 116,
0: um, not 15, not 17, 116.
1: No, 116 uh-huh. is my number. So I've got a longevity and a vitality goal. So I'm on a uh, Italian cycling team that I I kind of uh, race really? with uh, here and there, and then there's a team we have a team here in Florida uh, that I ride with, and then we actually own uh, real estate in Italy, which is a, a rental property for us, so we're able to go over uh, visit our asset uh, tax free. We have our family in the business as well, and. Uh, It's been a phenomenal journey, learning the culture and um, meeting, you know, meeting other uh, folks, learning the language. Um, It's really been fantastic.
0: That's awesome. I read somewhere, and you you probably believe this if you have that goal, but, and it makes sense to me. I mean, if you set a number that, uh, an age number way out, then your mind is believing that you're going to get there whether you do or not. But if you believe that, you know, it's 70, you're most likely going to pass away
1: by 70. Like, yeah, you're, it's 100% right. It's a complete paradigm shift. So I think you and I are the same age. And so I, I haven't had my midlife crisis yet. <laughs> well,
0: I haven't, I haven't had the midlife crisis like I have to go out and buy the Porsche. Um, but I have had the, probably the midlife crisis like I... I need to go out and travel and I need to do adventurous stuff because you just never know when your time is going to be. And so I did like an off-road motorcycle, um, you know, four day deal, you know, in, that I probably wouldn't have done, you know? Yeah. Um, and so in any event, I, I love, uh, your mentality, your mindset. I love that you're helping other people. Um, if there's anything I could do to help, please, please let me know. Um, Listeners, I hope that you enjoyed that one. How do people um, get to know you more, get access to, you know, you mentioned a calculator. I, I want, I'd like you to, you know, please offer that to people because that's, a, that's definitely a, an asset that people can use. And um, yeah. how do people find out more about you?
1: Yeah, for sure. Appreciate that, Darren. Um, So basically, if you'd like um, a free ebook version of the Holistic Wealth Strategy, uh, you can go on our website and it's pantheoninvest.com forward slash wealth hyphen strategy. And if you can include that in the show notes, that, that will be there for people and they can download free copy of the book. Um, and then if you also um, make a comment in there that you're interested in the calculator um, and, you know, you heard us on Darren's show, uh, we'll be sure to get you a free copy of that as well. Fantastic.
0: And all your contact info and everything is on there. And uh, syndicators, look, I'm, ta- I'm, I'm doing a call out to the large syndicators, you know, the ones that have $100 million in assets and greater. If you are looking for an equity partner, look this guy up. Um, Until next week, we're signing off.
1: Thank you for listening to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show at darrenbatchelder.com. If you liked the episode, please provide us with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. If you already provided us with a five-star review, then thank you. And please share the show with a friend.